It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and, might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, hello, everybody, and it's time for episode 191 of the three-point podcast. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5 The Castle with Matt Burns of ESPN and Jared Fattel of Bally Sports Detroit. Well, the Spartans were trapped by the spoiler makers, and the Wolverines got by the Hoosiers, and they'll now prepare for Penn State. And there were some interesting high school football playoff shockers as Morris and New Lothrop have exited, and our Corona Cavaliers are moving on to the regional championship in Division 5. Speaking of championships, our championship team includes Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Uh, as we like to do, we like to catch up a little bit. I think probably we ought to start with the young man here tonight. Jared was uh, at a Dave Matthews concert, and let's get the, uh, let's get the review. Uh, first, I'll say I appreciated the Easter egg in your uh, instant reaction video of Dave Matthews playing in the background. That didn't go unnoticed. I'm not uh, sure if you were just like if you were doing that on purpose or you just happened to be listening to them uh, on a Saturday night. No, no, that out. was intentional. That was I just was had it out there in case you picked up on it. So uh, yeah, that was a tribute to you. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you guys remember a few weeks ago I said how they were number one on my like kind of concert list, sort of randomly. Uh, but this opportunity sort of fell into my lap where some of my friends were going. Uh, one of my our, our cousins, we've actually had him on the show before, uh, Casey, the drummer of Chi-Town, is, is BMB, you know, a lifer in a sense. He's already been in two concerts already this year. Uh, so he kind of threw me an invite, and uh, I said, you know what, why the hell not? I'm going to go. Amen. It's the only concert I've ever been to that wasn't uh, part, of the fa- uh, part of Faster Horses, and Honestly, what kind of blew me away about the entire thing was just, like, the production value. All the lights, you know, the art that goes on behind them, the light show, all that sort of stuff is something I've never really experienced. Because Faster Horses is sort of just the bare minimum of that sort of stuff. So I thought that was awesome. But they are a legitimate rock band. You know, you you hear of them, you think, oh, like, what are they, like Matchbox 20 or something like that? No, they, they legitimately rock. They go, you know, they have these, like, kind of guitar 
solos, drum solos, saxophone, piano. I mean, they have so many damn instruments in that band. Uh, it's just an interesting listen and experience that I've never uh, felt before. But maybe the funniest part about it was the whole crowd. I, I think I was the youngest person there, <laughs> other than like somebody that was like a baby or somebody that was like 10 years old that tag along with their parents or something. It basically was like me. It kind of felt like what it's like on this podcast. You know, we had the <laughs> half of the crowd was people Matt's age and the other half was people's Ted's age. But let me tell you, they, they all had one thing in common, and that was uh, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> I don't know how people sneak it in uh, because I had one buddy who tried sneak it in a uh, like a little shooter of like Jägermeister and it fell right out of his pocket right as he was walking through the security line and it got confiscated. But uh, somehow, some way, these people were getting these joints in. And let me tell you, I was like secondarily high. I mean, to the point where we were going to do a live intera- uh, video afterward and my eyes were so red that I couldn't even record it. So just, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, that definitely probably helped. And I don't know if I'll be back to a Dave Matthews band concert, but I definitely didn't leave. I wasn't disappointed in the performance, that's for sure. Well, by the way, the, the little buzz you caught there, we, we call it a contact buzz, you know, from the smoke <laughs> floating in the air. And I just wanted to throw out real quick, you know, when you said you probably ought to bail out on the instant video, I wanted to hit you back and say, hey, man, just do a quick little review of the show, and it would have been, been hilarious. I mean, Matt could have had the final edit on it if he needed to but that would have been funny it probably would have been one of those things that ted you probably would have thought it was hilarious but kind of kind of like how i remember jared it was awesome having you when you were at faster horses having you on the show it was awesome you know the whole boots on the ground but then you even admitted like you know a week two weeks later you went back and listened and it was like yeah this isn't as funny as we thought it was so you know, maybe it's one of those things. Who, who knows how it would have went over. But yep. as far as the show, I remember you saying that you hadn't been to, a, like, a legit concert outside of Faster Horses. So for it to be a Dave Matthews show as your first, I guess, experience, that is pretty cool because they do put on a good show. I think it is one of those things, Dave Matthews Band. Like, you're almost like it, you're almost like a lifer, like you said, your cousin Casey. Like, you either go to all the shows or, like you said, you went to one, you're kind of good, and, you know, you probably won't go to another one because it seems like a community, almost like Jimmy Buffett. I don't know, if, Ted, yeah. if you ever went to, like, a Jimmy Buffett show, but it seems like kind of like that, like all the parrot heads, you know, they just sure. throw each other around, yep. go to all the Jimmy Buffett concerts and stuff. But, no, it, it is cool that you got to go see a show. I know it was at Van Andel in downtown Grand Rapids, and we were talking before we started recording that. I love the city of Grand Rapids. Nothing bad at all. I love Grand Rapids. Lived there for, like, 10 years or whatever. But Van Andel's a little underwhelming, so I don't know if you want to get into that. But, yeah, like, as far as the show, Dave Matthews does a good job. Yeah, Van Andel, it was like, it was the ultimate cluster trying to get into the show. I mean, we got in line at, like, 6.30, and this line started, like, three blocks away to the point where we were, like, walking up to it. Like, there's no way that this is the line to the show. It ended up being, we asked the guys last line, hey, are you in line for the concert? Yep. So we were in line for a solid hour. And I, you could tell, like, because right when they came on at 7.50, like 20 minutes after they were supposed to, the place was, like, maybe half full. Wow. I think the majority of people could not get in on time because Van Andel just has the one entrance. Yeah. And they only gave you an hour. They opened the doors at 6.30, and they only gave you an hour to get in and get to your seat, which it, there was just no way in hell that was ever going to work. But, yeah, we were talking pre-show how, you know, Grand Rapids is really missing. I do think that, it, 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 you know, give it 10, 15 years, I think Grand Rapids could be in contention for you know, like an NHL franchise or maybe something along those lines uh, that could really boost it. For sure, like maybe a soccer, MLS soccer league team or something like that. 
uh, that could really boost that city to another level because it's got everything you need. Uh, you know, the, the hotels, the airports right there, great city, great downtown scene. Just need a little bit better of an arena to bring a little bit bigger acts than, you know, maybe Dave Matthews Band per se. A couple other questions. I mean, uh, you know, Matt and I are veteran concert goers, and this was really your first rock concert. Uh, you talked about the Faster Horses. You may not go to another Dave Matthews show. Maybe you will. But did this give you a little bit different uh, feel for what it's like to go really see a professional show, you know, with rock music? It was weird because I didn't really know how to act during the show. I sort of felt like I was like watching a movie, I guess. Like that's my first time being in an arena mm-hmm. where every pretty much everybody's sitting down just kind of watching. I, I didn't really know what to do with my hands. I didn't know when to stand up. I didn't know, <laughs> you know, when to kind of go crazy. I just, it was just kind of odd. Whereas at Faster Horses, you're balls to the wall. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's trying to fight somebody. Every like it was just a totally different <laughs> different atmosphere. Not necessarily a worse atmosphere, but just a different one. So I'll be curious to see if that's sort of what these sort of stadium shows are like for everybody, or if that's just the the kind of the crowd that the Dave Matthews Band uh, would attract. I don't know, but it was very interesting to say the least. I think it depends on what the show is because there's definitely some shows that and yeah, Dave, like you said, they do rock out pretty good. They I mean, they're all very talented musicians, obviously. But it is a little more of a chill show, especially um, with everything, all the extracurriculars that were going on, you know, in the arena. A little more of a, like, just kick back and enjoy the music. Obviously, there's some songs you're going to get pretty riled up for, but, yeah, there's other actual, like, rock shows. Like, I'm sure, Ted, if you would have went to that Kiss show a few weeks ago, you're getting up and you're getting up out of your seat and you're, you know, jamming out a little bit. So it it is kind of funny, though, like, because sometimes you'll even have people sitting around you who will, like, tell you to sit down. Right. And it's sometimes like, what are you talking about? We're at, a, we're at a rock and roll concert. Like, do you want me to sit down? But it is a little bit of a different vibe than, yeah, Faster Horses. Yeah, it's pretty vibe. It's, it's pretty rare when I go to a concert and I'm sitting down on my hands, you know? I mean, I, I, the whole experience is, and I found out, too, that, that the concerts I really enjoy are when pretty much every damn song that they play, I know. So I'm up in the air, I'm right. jamming, I'm singing along, you know, and then pretty much everybody else is. And that's that's the concert experience that I love to do right there. Yeah, yeah and I guess that that was, like, because I don't really know the Matthews Band. I know maybe five of their songs. So, yeah, like, when when you don't really know what they're playing, you gotta just got to follow the follow their lead but it was a great show definitely what like the the concert high is something i forgot about i mean i was up wired till about 2 33 a.m that night you can't really beat it it's just it's something about everybody being in there everyone's in a great mood really kind of i don't know no don't know how to explain it just wires you up yeah i mean how can you leave a concert and really be in a bad mood i know what you're saying about being wired up but i mean it's just it's it's just one of those things that you're paying for entertainment and probably 95% of the time you get what you pay for. You're entertained. I'm sure there's a dud or two in there, but not that many when you go to the big-time rock acts, for sure. They know they know you're I, paying I, your hard-earned money. I did appreciate about, uh, like, we've kind of joked about it, how they have this weird, they call themselves the warehouse. I guess I'm a part of the warehouse now since I went to a show. Uh-huh. Uh, the Dave Matthews Band fans, but there's, like, this Instagram account. So what they did at the actual show, so for those who don't know Dave Matthews Band, they have one song that's, like, their theme song or whatever it's called ants marching uh they hardly ever play it anymore it's like one of their first songs they hardly ever play it they ended their show they left for probably 20 minutes to the point where i was like dude why is everyone still standing in their seats like let's get the hell out of here like this show is over they came back out played that song crowd will absolutely loved it 
there's like this Instagram account of this person that just like follows Dave Matthews at every single concert. And they posted that they played like ants marching and all the comments were, Oh wow. So lucky you're living my dream. Uh, <laughs> what an incredible, like quote unquote magic in Michigan. Like it was, it just kind of cracked me up that I don't really know what was so special about it, but apparently it was a like once in a lifetime concert that I was a part of. All right. That's good. There stuff. you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It was magic in Michigan as the Instagram caption wrote. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. And Grand Rapids is fun. Did you just stay the one night, or did you make a couple nights of it and kind of hung out at some of the nightclubs? No, just the one night, and, I mean, Matt can relate to it. It's just something about that city. It's the perfect blend of busy but not Detroit busy, where it's like you're – you can – there's not a million cars on the road. Uh, it's a lot more laid back, and, and, I mean, there's a reason they call it Beer City, USA. I mean, just so many different bars to bar hop through. It's, it's one hell of a town. Definitely, especially, I mean, I, I haven't, I've been back a couple times since I moved out of the state, so I'm sure it's changed quite a bit, even from what I know. But, yeah, like, you, you could go around and you could go to different bars. Like, if you're there for two or three nights, you could spend a night going to these bars, the next night go to a couple different ones, or just chill at one brewery all night, a lot of good food and stuff. It is. Uh, it's a really cool city. You know, it sounds like they have it going on all the time. You know, in Detroit, I'll segue into this, because I was in Detroit last week for three days for a trade show, and I was right downtown. We stayed at the Marriott down there at the GM Center. It used to be called the Rensen. I was amazed at how downtown was so slow. I mean, there was restaurants that were shut up. You know, you couldn't go out and eat in a lot of places. The people mover is out of commission. I don't know if they're ever starting that thing back up. Hell, we went to Greek Town. Our favorite uh, pizza place, Pizza Populous, Pizza Populous is closed. <laughs> it was just dead. I was just amazed. I know you're yeah. you're down in Detroit. I know when when there's a big game or something going on, that area is hovering and buzzing, but. Man, everyday life down there, it seems like it was, I don't know if COVID or what, but it's very slow right now. Yeah, probably due to COVID. Yeah, I mean, you were there middle of the week. I'm not sure right. how much the city is always going to be jumping. Yep. It's not like Grand Rapids is New York. I don't think that they're, you know, uh, one thing that was notable is, yeah, these cities are great, but it wasn't great post-show when every place you went to had an hour and a half wait. <laughs> That's what they don't tell you uh, when you when you make the trip out to Grand Rapids and you see all these billboards all over the place. But Detroit is, like, it's fun, but it's hard to explain. I'm sort of, yeah. like, on edge whenever I'm out in Detroit just because it's, like, oh, like, there's so much going on. There's cops everywhere. There's, you don't know how the hell you're getting out of the city. The Ubers are a million dollars. It's, like, it's not, and not everything's in walking distance. Yeah, I would say that's part of it for sure because, you know, from, from where I was staying and, you know, the convention was at the TCF Center, it's a long haul to walk up to Little Caesars in Comerica, you know, so... It, it's just, I guess, it, where, it depends where you're at in the city, and you're right. It was it was a midweek thing, but it was so dead, uh, there weren't any, there were not any panhandlers out there. <laughs> you know, there was there weren't people for them to beg to. Yeah, I, I think a big thing with Grand Rapids too. I mean, yeah, the the actual like the busy part of the downtown is mostly all walkable. Like if you want to walk to like one edge, I guess, to the other edge where like most of the stuff you're going to do, you can. You can basically walk everywhere you need to downtown Grand Rapids. It's overall pretty safe. I mean, there's a couple couple little rougher areas like like any big city. But I think one of the big things too is, um, you know, it's I don't know if you want to call it a college town, but you know, like with Grand Valley State has a campus downtown. Even Michigan State has some medical stuff downtown Grand Rapids. So you know that stuff. There, there's always like college kids around, and there's always right. It's almost like a tiny, tiny, a mini, mini Nashville because it seems like 
a lot of people for like bachelorette parties, they go to Grand Rapids. Right. Or even bachelor parties, they go to Grand Rapids. So you, you always got that stuff going on too. Well, also, uh, I did want to throw this out here before we move on and talk some serious sports. I let you guys know that I stopped at Freddy Freddy's Pizza Man uh, store and uh, picked up a pizza to take home. And, you know, the guy is, he, he's very cool, man. I mean, he donates a lot of money to activism for autism. Got to give him high marks for that. But I went in there to order, and it's just a hole-in-the-wall place in Melvindale. You know, ordered a, actually, I tried to order two small pizzas. I was going to take one home for my wife and take one home for myself. Nope, no smalls. Okay, how about uh, two mediums? Nope, no mediums, only large. I said, okay. So ordered a large, you know, split the order up half and half for her and me. We like different things. Uh, as far as rating pizza places, guys, it was very good. Uh, and this would be a good good time to maybe talk just a little bit about pizza. All right, I would say that uh, Freddie the Pizza Man, uh, it was it was excellent, good pizza. But on my list, you know, I would go. I like this place in Flint called Luigi's. Incredible pizza, and, and then my second one is Cugino's out of Grand Ledge. And to be honest with you, you know, our local pizza place, Main Street Pizza. Stacks right up with, up there with it does. those guys. It really does. How about you guys? What do you got for, for local favorite? What's that? You 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 went to Detroit for three days, and we don't know what you got the third day, but at least two of those days you got pizza, which I think is kind of hilarious to me. Do you have, like, freaking pepperoni popping out at Zachman? No, I had I had, I had pizza one day, the take-home pizza. What do you mean two days? Well, you got Pizza Papalus the one day. No, they were closed. Right. They were closed. Oh. Okay. No, I we ate a fish bones, if you want to know exactly. earlier, but uh, <laughs> um, anyway, anyway uh, so I love pizza. I mean, like you said, you nailed it. Main Street is, it, it really does stack up with the rest of them. It's funny that you said Cachino's in Grand Ledge because that would also be my number two. That's like a hole in the wall. Not a lot of people know about it. Just right. an incredible pizza shop just out of Grand Ledge. But, you know, for living in Detroit for as long as I have, I really haven't delved into the Detroit pizza scene like I probably should have because, I, honestly, I couldn't even name a pizza place out of Detroit that I've tried. So I, I'm, I'm not super knowledgeable on the subject. Yeah, I mean, there's there's good places, obviously, in Detroit. There, I don't know. I feel like every small town, like Main Street Pizza in Corona, every small town probably has, or, or the one you guys are talking about in Grand Ledge, has their little pizza joints that everyone loves. Living in Connecticut, honestly, living in Connecticut for five years, at Connecticut and then going into New York City, I am definitely, like, on that side of the pizza, like, more, like, traditional Italian pizza, thin crust, you know, bigger slices of pizza. Like, that's – I'm really leaning that way. I don't know, like, Main Street, I love it. Main Street is fantastic. Sometimes, though, it's a little too thick. I don't know, like, you, you order yeah, a bunch cool. of toppings and it's like it's, it's like a piece of cake or something like that with how thick it is, but – I, I still love it. I still, anytime I'm back home, I want to get Main Street pizza, so I'm not knocking it one bit. But if I had to pick one, I, I'm more like the New York style, the Connecticut New York style pizza, thin crust, you know, nice and big slice of pizza. I love it. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring that up because Freddy's is New York style pizza. You know, it's the thin, you, you, the pieces are, the, the slices are big, you, you kind of fold them to eat it, and uh, yeah. the edge crust is really what makes a pizza to me, and it, it was fantastic, so... I agree with you. Oh, that's uh, yeah. That's that's one of the biggest things to me too, like the crust. Because sometimes you know you get to the crust mm-hmm. and it's like it's like cart like it's rock hard, and I'm like, oh, that like almost ruins the whole piece of pizza. For sure. I want I want the crust to be basically like a breadstick. Yep. <laughs> that's what I want. Yep. And there is a franchise in the Detroit area that has really good Detroit style. Uh, Jared Buddies. Have you ever had a Buddies pizza? Yep. 
Yep, that is actually the one I've had. But whenever a place is a chain, it's hit or I don't like to – you can't compare it. I mean, the, the true best of the best pizza places are the ones that, like you said, Freddy the Pizza Man, it's just one guy yep. in the kitchen just whipping it up. Those are the best, not the chain. Absolutely. Well, we know uh, Dave from Barstool gave it high praise, and you know I, I put it right up there, too. It was very good, and like I said, he does a lot for autism, so extra credit for that. Now, now Matt, once again, you had a nice weekend at the beach, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it's, it's almost kind of become a little bit of a tradition. Uh, my daughter's birthday is November 7th, so we, we started to the last few years kind of going there almost as like a, the last trip to the beach you know for the year you know before winter comes or whatever but this year actually like it was pretty it was actually a little chilly it was like upper 50s low 60s and but like super windy a little storm was coming in so kind of like gave us a different vibe than like we're used to when we go to the beach getting to see the ocean kind of whipping up and high tides and all that kind of stuff but but you know it's always good to get away just like you guys did get away for these little these little mini vacations i guess and have some good food and do all that kind of stuff so yeah I, I'm, like, pretty convinced I need to just move to the beach because I, I could be there all the time. It's awesome, isn't it? It really is. It puts you in a whole different mindset. There, there's something about waking up, like, just to the sound of water and being able to just, like, wake up and look at the ocean and stuff. And, yeah, I know it's not for everyone. Not not, not everyone loves the beach or water like that. But, yeah, there's something to it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm the opposite cloth. Yeah, I don't know – I don't know what it is where – I've never totally understood the, like, infatuation with, like, beach houses, lake houses, you know, like you said, basically waking up and smelling the water. I, I, I think I'm kind of the weird one that's wired differently where I'd almost rather just prefer, you know, like, being in the middle of a forest or, I don't know, I sound like a nerd saying that, but something that's more right in the heart of nature. I don't know. Even though the beach is about as nature as it gets, but. There's nothing wrong with that. So, you're, so what you're saying is really our annual affair up at uh, Black Lake, that kind of setting. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, just like up north, Michigan, and to bring it full circle, I mean, that's why Grand Rapids is also awesome. It's it's also got that sort of up northy vibe to it as well. That makes like the drive up there, and you know, the, the outer parts of the city where there's trees everywhere is it's honestly an under uh, appreciated part of that city too. But then for for the beach lovers. Grand Haven, Holland, Southampton—it's yep. only like an hour away from the shore. Yes. So that—that's. But to be honest, that's another part that makes Grand Rapids great. If you want to get to Lake Michigan, I, I mean, it—it's right there. I will say, Matt, the one place you got to go that I would be like very jealous of, just because it's a great TV show, uh, Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. You're right around there. Get there, man. I send us a no. send us a instant reaction from the Outer Banks. Then I'll be impressed. Well, that's a whole generational thing there on how great that show was, but we'll leave that there. <laughs> I'd be curious. I'd be curious to hear Ted's review of the show. But it's funny you say Outer Banks because my, I know I, last week I, I talked about my parents being here. They're actually in the Outer Banks right now, like on their way back to Michigan. They kind of like hit a bunch of other spots and they swung over to the Outer Banks, so they're actually over there right now. But what's funny is it's like where Charlotte. Just a quick little nugget where I'm at. Like if you went, if you could go straight over, it'd only be like a couple hours. But there's only like one road to the Outer Banks. I'd have to go, like, way up the shore and then way down. It'd be, like, a, a seven-hour trip to get over there because it's so isolated. But, but no, it is <laughs> definitely on, like, it's definitely a bucket list thing because any of my, like, people I work with or people around here who, like, they that's, like, one of their summer things, going to the Outer Banks, they said it's, like, the best thing ever. You just drive your car on the beach. There's wild horses, and you just wake up in these beach houses and stuff. So, no, I, I, 
definitely got to do it. Man, you got me excited. I think I'm going to have to do that in, in part of my retirement. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> got to. Yeah, hey, make sure to have a four-wheel drive vehicle, though. There you go. Hey, before we get into college football and take our first break, a uh, little high school football, man. Our Cavaliers, you know, the lone team here in, uh, in our Shiawassee County area, anyway, left standing, you know, a couple of big tournament wins. Shocker to me was, well, actually a couple shockers. The Morris Orioles going down, giving up, I think, 21 straight points to get knocked out. And then, you know, I, I, we did the new Lothrop at Puamo Westphalia game. Going over there, you know, I was expecting a heck of a game and a possible, possible new Lothrop upset. But, man, PW kicked their rear, and they are the real deal. Yeah, PW is not going to get touched uh, the rest of the year. And uh, what their D7, correct? They they beat potentially yeah, the yeah. Division Six champion already this season, Lansing Catholic. And if New Lothrop can't hang with you, New Lothrop hangs with everybody. You know how good you are. Um, it's impressive. But yeah, Corona. I mean, what more can you say? Only four teams that have done what they've done. Yeah. You just and and you know a lot of people will complain. Oh well, their district or who they played or this or that stupid playoff rules. At the end of the day. Their, their name is going on the Corona Wall of Fame as one of the four teams that have ever accomplished it. And all the teams that, that haven't, that claim they could have, that's all they can do is they can claim it. They actually did it. So hats off to those guys. I mean, that's awesome. I, I've been there. Matt's, or I guess, excuse me, Matt's never been there. Uh, <laughs> I've been there, and I know the rush. I, I, didn't, I actually didn't mean that. I, I actually did. For a second, I thought that you had. Uh, but, yeah, it's a great rush, and just hats off to those boys. I mean, Keep it rolling because I tell you, you never know. I mean, everyone likes to predict out. I mean, we, we, we did it with Harbaugh, you know, in 2015. Like, hey, give it a few years. They're going to be even better. You never know how what's going to happen, what injuries will happen, how the cards will the fall, will fall. This is a great opportunity to win a regional championship and do something that a Corona football team's only done once uh, before. And hopefully they don't let it slip. Hopefully they don't start resting on their laurels after a district title. I mean, 100% they can play with Marine City. They just got to put the pieces together and do it. Yeah, I mean, you you, kind of, you, you said it all perfectly right there. I mean, there's a, a lot of chatter, you know, before the, the playoffs started about who should have been in maybe, who, who shouldn't have been in, you know, all that kind of stuff. We talked about it on the podcast. But, yeah, you, you said it. I mean, Corona took care of business. And, you, we Ted, you were talking about it. Before they played Flint Powers, there was right. a lot of talk about Powers hosting that game. Corona didn't let that affect them. You know, they went out there and whooped on them. They won last week and you know yeah all credit to the players and the coaching staff because they they just went out there and took care of business and they're on a roll you know a lot of times with the playoffs whatever sport it is whether it's college basketball the nfl or you know high school football even if you're playing well at the right time going into the playoffs that's all that matters and you know we were talking about again before we started recording they're, they're going up against marine city who's undefeated and you know sometimes like when it comes to high school football playoffs, there are, you know, a lot of sports. Yeah, Marine City is undefeated, so they're probably going to be the favorite. But, you know, sometimes that at this point in the season, that doesn't matter one bit because both teams are there. Corona has every, every reason to think that they can win that game. If they put in a good work of uh, a week of practice, go up there with the mindset that they, can, that they can play with Marine City, heck yeah, they can win that game. So, yeah, I'll be curious to hear that call when, yeah, you're, when you're out there calling that game. Yeah, we're going to be calling that game, and, and Jared, you called it exactly right. Who knows what the future lies? You know, we, we know that Corona has some really good young players in that 10th grade class, but, hey, the future is right now. you got it right in front of you, you know, and we've talked about some great teams in Corona throughout time. If they win this game, and this has got to be the mindset, they'll be the first team ever to make it to the semifinals for Corona. I mean, that goes down forever. Yeah, not, not to mention, yeah. too, I mean, kind of, kind of like what you just said, some of the surprises. 
Like, I mean, last week you you were saying that I'm, I'm not trying to like take a shot at you. No, no. Saying that like, no, you you were saying that like Morris. Sure. And uh, uh, for obvious reasons, we're probably going to be favorites to like basically make it to Ford Field. And look at that. They just got upset. So, right. you know, you never know. You, you never know what could happen. You make it to the playoffs and you just you turn the ball over three times and you lose on like a crazy play or something like that. So, so no, it, it is awesome that Corona got themselves another uh, district championship. But I did want to know, I mentioned this to you um, before we started recording. So Corona's playing Marine City. And I know how you do, you do your homework with the best of them for your broadcast. And I mentioned we, we played Marine City in, in basketball and when my team in, in 2003, we made the run to the Final Four to, Breslin, to the Breslin Center. Right. We played Marine City. I looked it up because I was kind of forgetting. It was uh, at Emily City in, in the regionals. So, um, yeah, we did do yeah, that, that game at, now that you bring it up. Yep, at Emily City for the regionals. Um, we only beat them by two, actually. I mentioned it that Ooh. it was a close game. It was one of those games where it was like six. We were up by six, eight, ten the whole game. They kind of hung with us, but. But yeah, a little, little tidbit for you and Bartman, if, if you want to mention that. You know I will. I love it. <laughs> I've already done a little research because, you know, they're going to be playing at a place called East China Stadium. And it's East China Township. And I've sent an email over to the athletic director and the coach earlier today. I says, hey, I'm just curious, where does this East China come from? And uh, neither one really had a good answer. Uh, I did look it up. I won't tell you right now. I'll save it for a teaser for on a Friday night. But uh, it goes all the way back to 1876. So I'll leave it right there. All right, guys. Let's we got our stuff out of the way and uh, let's get into some college football talk because we had a great day on Saturday. I guess if you're a Michigan fan, if you're a Spartan, not so great. But we'll be right back to talk about it right after this. JJ's Excavating and Tree Services can help you with many homeowner items including skid steer work, footings, and gravel work along with property maintenance. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service also experts in tree removals including stump grinding. Fully insured, no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of JJ's at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him 3 Point Podcast sent you. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. You said it. It was a great, great, great day. I mean, what, what more can you ask? I, I, you know, what's funny, we were just talking about the concert. I, I was watching it through, like, bar windows uh, in line for Dave Matthews Band, the final uh, seconds on the clock ticking away as Michigan State took a loss. You know, everybody wants to shit on Jim Harbaugh and act like, you know, he never wins a big one, never does this, never does that. It's losses like that to a lackluster Purdue team that kind of brings everyone back to reality. Like, hey, this isn't as easy as people might like to make it seem. It's not as easy as, you know, you just run out of the field and play. And, you know, everyone's basically, whatever Mel Tucker says, people take it as, you know, the gospel. But it was just good, you know, maybe it's just me as a hurt Michigan fan. It was good to see Michigan State knock down a peg and brought back to reality. Because when you really think about it, I mean, what's their Super Bowl every year? It's Michigan. It's not that hard to get up for, you know, that game every year. 
the, all the games leading up to that game were against lackluster teams. And I hate to say it, I, do we really even know what we have with this Michigan State team yet? They, they beat Michigan uh, in a game that had 10 asterisks around it. Hmm. And, and, and now since then they lost to Purdue. They've shown that they have absolutely no secondary. Right. Where a one-man army on Purdue, David Bell, could just put an absolute clinic and beat you single-handedly, essentially. Uh, it's just I don't know how you can look at Michigan State and not be very, very worried that they're going to really struggle down the stretch uh, with, a, with a lot of tough games still left on their schedule. Uh, you don't wish losses on a you know in-state team like Michigan State, but I'd be lying if I if I wasn't hella happy after that game on Saturday. Back to reality, boys. Back to reality, and I mean you you laid it out perfectly that I mean with a lot of teams right now, I think it's going on all over college football that there there's a lot still to be played out, I guess. But with Michigan State especially, they've got Maryland this weekend, who they they should beat Maryland, but they should have probably beat Purdue. And Maryland can throw the ball around a little bit, so that'll be an interesting game. And then Michigan State finishes, obviously, with Ohio State and then Penn State. So if they can, if if the Purdue loss is their only loss, I think a lot of people will be very impressed because that's a tough schedule going down the stretch, which is basically exactly what Michigan has too. Michigan State has Penn State, Maryland, and then Ohio State. So there's there's a lot still to be said uh, in the Big Ten, and it's just it. I think it just goes to show too, like how tough the Big Ten is. Be like even lower teams, maybe if you want to say that, uh, like Purdue can pull these upsets. I mean, Purdue already beat Iowa early this earlier this year, and they always they beat Ohio State a couple years ago. You know, when Ohio State was un, undefeated. So there's always these teams, and a lot of times it seems to be Purdue who comes up with these like big games to pull upsets. And yeah, it, it was cool to see. I, I was glad to see, like you said, Jared. I was glad to see Michigan <laughs> State kind of come back down to reality a little bit because. They were definitely puffing their chest out. I mean, rightfully so. Cool. You beat Michigan, you know, top ten matchup. That was really cool. But, you know, I, the thing to me is it, it does it, – it's a typical, like, Michigan State thing. I'm, I'm not trying to, like, take some shot or, like, I don't know, do anything like that. But Michigan State does seem to do this a lot where they have a huge win against Michigan and then the next week they lay an egg or a week or two later, later they lay an egg and just blow a game and, like, come back to, down to reality. So – I'll be very curious to see how they finish the year. Michigan too, both teams with a very tough, you know, and last three games. Right, you could really, you could really see this one coming. I mean, it was set up because, just like you said, coming off that emotional win, and it has been kind of their their modus of operandi, you know, if you will, that coming off those emotional wins, they they have stumbled in this kind of you know so called trap game. I think if you look at it though on the X's and O's, and Jared did lay it out there, I mean Bell had a huge game, but how about I mean their quarterback threw for five thirty six. I mean and, and, and you look at Cade McNamara, I mean he put up three fifty, you know, against the Spartans, right? So yep. that secondary is a little bit suspect right now and you know, us being all Michigan fans, it really did set up. We don't like to root against the Spartans, or maybe I don't, but if Michigan wants to make a run at the Big Ten Championship, you had to have the Spartans fall to somebody and figure they're going to f- lose to Penn State or Ohio State, right? And then Michigan then has it right in front of them if that happens. They just got to win out. It, it, what a blunder, I mean, really, by Michigan State. What cracks me up is how everybody – as soon as uh, Michigan State won, beat Michigan, they're talking about how the culture is so great and Michigan's culture sucks and State's so tough. If you have this incredible culture, you don't lose an obvious trap game that everyone was telling you was a trap game 
the entire week leading up to it, you don't lose the way they lost, which was basically just getting handled from start to finish. Kind of uninspired. Uh, and in terms of the secondary, how do you not uh, – we all talked like we're basically singing McNamara's praises uh, after that game. I mean, how do you not look at that now and just say Michigan State might have the worst secondary in the Big Ten? <laughs> I mean, 500 yards to Purdue where they literally have one playmaker out on the outside, it's just, it's just not good. But overall, Michigan State still, you can't say Michigan controls their destiny without saying the same thing about Michigan State. That's right. Uh, but it just seems a lot scarier, you know, with Ohio State and that wide receiving core they have with Olave and, and the other guys. <laughs> I mean, how do you not shake in your boots if you're a State fan heading into that game? And how do you not just, like, feel just so – I know State fans will always act like, oh, like, it, you know, whatever, everything was gravy. Like what, what uh, our insider said last week, Joe, uh, where basically everything's gravy after they beat Michigan. How, you can say that, but how do you not just look back on this season and think, hey, if you just handle business against Purdue and um, Maryland this week, you are basically all about punching your ticket to Pasadena and uh, a Rose Bowl game. And they just couldn't do it. And it's hard for me not to circle Mel Tucker and think, you know, what's his record now? Nine, nine and five at Michigan State? Yeah, he has a big win against Michigan, but how do you not circle, you know, Mel Tucker and maybe put a question mark by him because. I mean, you look at their team. They have Kenneth Walker, just a high, literally the Heisman, probably Heisman winner, falls right in their lap via transfer portal. Uh, and yet all you kind of basically squeezed out of them was a Michigan victory with an asterisk next to it. And, it, I mean, I, I'm just calling it now. I don't see Michigan State, you know, winning out. I think at best they're looking at a two-loss season in a season where – they should be, you know, going to Pasadena. It's, it's depressing to think about. Yeah, it is, and I, I think it is maybe a little bit of that mindset. I think they do. Uh, you know, some people maybe say Michigan needs to put more emphasis on the Michigan State game. Maybe Michigan – I don't know if it would be, like, too much, but maybe they almost, in a sense, like, put too much emphasis on the Michigan game because then they always have these letdown games, like we just said. But you're, you're mentioning uh, Kenneth Walker. He only had, like, five or six carries in the second half, right. and I know – you know, the, the game kind of dictates the plays that you call, but it's kind of crazy to think about him when we saw what he did to Michigan, that he only got like five or six carries in the second half against Purdue. They were playing a little bit of catch-up, so they had to throw the ball. But still, you know, and I, and I think it's one of those things, too, like it, it, it reminds me a lot of kind of like everything you were saying with the schedule and stuff, what happened to Michigan in 2016, the second year of Jim Harbaugh, just like the second year of Mel Tucker, uh, when the first college football playoff rankings came out, Michigan in that year was ranked number three, just like Michigan State was. And then Michigan that year, if you remember, it's kind of the same thing. It was like everything is there for you. Just take care of business. And they lost that crazy game to Iowa at Iowa, and then which made that Ohio State game mean you had to win that to go to the Big Ten Championship, and you lost that because of that ridiculous game you lost to Iowa. Mm-hmm. So now, kind of like what you said, Michigan State kind of did it to themselves. I mean, they, they, all they had to do was take care of business, and if you happened to slip up at the end of the year to Ohio State or Penn State, you probably were still safe. Now you lost that game to Purdue. So now you, you can't lose. You can't slip up um, to Penn State or Ohio State because then you're probably going to be out. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it, how it finishes. And then same with Michigan because, you know, yes, they beat Indiana. They ended up, you know, it was – I don't know, Jared, obviously you didn't watch it. I don't know what you think, Ted, but – I think they kind of, like, dominated. They, they controlled that game. It was close for they a little did. bit. But, you know, like, they controlled that game. It was a pretty, like, I don't want to say it because I, I love watching Michigan football. It was almost like a boring game to watch. I don't know what, if it was, like, the injuries or there were some reviews, ton of commercial breaks. But it was just one of those games where it was like, man, like, let's just go. Like, it felt like Michigan was going to win. <laughs> you know, it was like, let's just get to the end of this game and get over with. But, 
you know, they, they had some injuries, hopefully nothing too serious. But, um, you know, I'm, I don't know how you guys are feeling going into Penn State. I'm feeling pretty confident, but it's always hard to win there. So that's a big game for Michigan this weekend. Yeah, and, you know, going back to the viewing that game, I watched all of it, of course. It was kind of a ho-hum game, you know. It was kind of workmanlike, kind of kind of what you would expect against Indiana. I mean, for crying out loud, they've won 40 out of the last 42 meetings, you know, and that's including last year's loss in the COVID year. But I'm I'm a little concerned about the Penn State game being there in Happy Valley. I'm so glad it's not a night game, you know, which would be going crazy. But yeah. I think if they have the right mindset and they're and they get healthy again, you know, they they are banged up a little bit. I mean, it's it's a huge game. It is the the huge game on the schedule right now because you get by that one, you more than likely are going to get by Maryland. I have a feeling that State's going to stumble to Penn State or Ohio State, and like I said, I think Michigan's in a pretty good position, but you got to get by this one. Mel Tucker sending a shot at Jim Harbaugh without a doubt, you know. There's there's no question about it. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that's funny, I don't have the quote right in front of me from Mel Tucker, but, like, he basically said, we don't talk about bad calls within our program. It, you know, makes your, your program soft. Yeah. But, like, in the, like, the way he's wording it, he isn't saying it's a bad call. He's talking nope. about a, a targeting call that happened against Michigan State and got one of their players ejected. So, yeah, he's maybe not, like, addressing, pointing at that play specifically, but he's pointing out bad calls. So it's kind of like, I mean, I tweeted it out a few times. It's kind of like when you say when you say to someone, like, no offense, but can <laughs> you, like, say something? I mean, it, you're, when, you, when you say no offense, but you're, you're going to say something offensive. I mean, that's basically what Mel Tucker was saying. Completely was taking a shot at Jim Harbaugh. But as far as the Harbaugh thing goes, I mean, like, like every team does. Like you said, Jared, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart – Every player after every coach after games, you can like submit plays to your conference and you know like get answers basically like what happened here and Harbaugh did that with some of the plays and the Big Ten got back to him about those plays that they made some mistakes and then today a reporter asked him about that and he answered the question like that's what's like ridiculous like Michigan State fans are going crazy and saying Michigan just can't get over this and Jim Harbaugh is crying and whining and. He just needs to move on and stuff. And it's like he answered a question from a reporter. Like, what do you want him to do? If he would have answered that question with, like, no comment, we've moved on, or so, you know, something kind of like that, a little snarky maybe, then he would have been ripped for that. So he answers that honestly and says, yes, the Big Ten got back to me, that they made some mistakes. 
they missed some calls, and then they, like, moved on, and then he gets ripped for that. It 100% is anti-Jim Harbaugh headline. I mean, people just love it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, and I 100% am probably going to get freezing cold takes exposed uh, at some point for saying this. <laughs> I hate Mel Tucker so much. <laughs> I don't know. It, it honestly kind of clicked in my brain after they beat Michigan this year. How much I hate this guy. Just everything he's selling, I hate. I feel like it, it's not – sustainable i mean matt you said it a few weeks ago i kind of disagreed with you at the time how this whole like transfer portal basically he just built this team up in in the matter of an eye uh, blink of an eye and they're a big 10 title contender he has not shown me that he can build a quote-unquote culture uh winning sustainable winning culture at michigan state he hasn't shown anyone that and to, to, to sit there and throw shots at jim harbaugh just because he lost uh you know uh, basically a 50 50 game at spartan stadium uh, and just act and just basically shit on Harbaugh and act like he doesn't have a program. His program's horrible. Doesn't know how to build a culture. Like, let's just revisit that comment in five years because, for all we know, Mel Tucker could be a hundred percent a flash in the pan. And he's acting like he's you know Urban Meyer. And state fans are acting like he's Urban Meyer. The media is acting like he's Urban Meyer. Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson, everyone acts like this guy is Urban Meyer. He has done nothing to this point. He's legitimately has nothing to show in the hardware case other than a Paul Bunyan trophy that has a big old asterisk sitting on top of it. Like, I just don't know, where does this guy get this, like, sense of, like, self? I just don't understand it. Especially when the whole move to Michigan was, or Michigan State, sorry, was hours after he was tweeting out his commitment to Colorado and using the same hashtag relentless and all that kind of stuff about the Colorado Buffaloes. And then next thing you know, he's in, he's slamming. Now, that stuff obviously happens all the time with coaches and, and college sports and professional sports. But, like, yeah, we, kind of like what you're saying, Jerry, when you're taking shots at Jim Harbaugh for, like, culture and all this kind of stuff, knowing that that's how you got the job at Michigan State, I don't know, for me, yeah, it kind of doesn't hit the same. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, in five years, you said, like, address it in five years. Who knows if he's even in, he's slamming, you know? So, wow. who knows? Well, all I'll say is I'm glad we don't make our living on this podcast because we'd have no Spartan fans. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> well, I mean, dude, you don't play. Honestly, give me your honest thoughts on Mel Tucker right now. I I don't have a strong. So you do not see where I'm coming from with this. Like, why do we? At, he has accomplished zilch. No, I I I see a hundred percent where you're coming with it, and I tell you the truth, I respect you saying what is on your mind. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm. I'm not a fence setter by any any stretch of the imagination. I haven't made a judgment on him yet. It's, he's two years in the at the helm. Uh, I understand what you're saying, though. But I did want to throw this out there in my comment. I don't know if you guys have had friends that listen to the podcast that are Spartan fans, right? I mean, you know, we know Joey is, but we know we have a lot of other ones. I've, I've had a comment a few times about people that have told me, when you guys start talking so much about Michigan, I just turn it off. And there's probably a little bit to that. That's why I said I'm glad we don't make our living at it because we're going to talk about what we love. That's why we're doing this podcast because we love doing it, and we just happen to be right. Wolverine fans. I mean, that's, that definitely is fair, but, I, like, we, we we do talk about Michigan State, you, especially when it comes to basketball season. Right. You, know, you, you bring a little positivity to, to <laughs> Tom Izzo and the Spartans. But, you know, I, I guess I would say it's like there's people who are paid by whether it's Michigan Athletics or – Michigan State Athletics, or they're paid by the Lansing State Journal, or whatever. Sure. And it's a 100% Michigan State lean, or a 100% Alabama lean, or you know whatever. So it's kind of like, 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't really have a whole lot of positive stuff to say about Michigan State. I don't really like them. That's fair. No, that's fair. I'm just saying the the people that have brought it up to me, which I don't care. I mean, we're going to keep talking about it how we want to. After hearing Jared's comment, though, they're going to be saying, what in the hell? That's all. I would not be surprised if if that's grabbed in, you know, three years and I look a complete jackass. I mean, I look like a jackass a lot of times. We all do. I'm going to say the way I feel, and that's the way I look at it. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Mel Tucker does build one hell of a program at Michigan State. I just it just irritated me and something clicked in my brain today with all the tweets you know as soon as we started comparing Tucker to Harbaugh mm-hmm. it's like what, what Harbaugh's done at Michigan if he did that at Michigan State he'd be he'd maybe building a statue already for this guy uh, it's just like it's a totally different level that we judge each program on that's true just because Michigan State won yes it was a big game yes I'm gonna be sad about it the rest of my life but I just don't understand why we just regard this guy as like the best coach in the Big Ten already. I mean, we don't even talk about like, do we ever hear about Ryan Day? Like, we don't ever hear about that guy. It's all about Mel Tucker because, and I'll give it to him, he's mastered kind of the bullshit, the wearing the suit, the posting of the cigars, like stuff like that will get you recruits and it wins you the Twitter wars uh, and, you know, the, the, the meme wars and the gifts and that sort of stuff. But guess what it doesn't win you? It doesn't win you a trap game at Purdue. And that's the last thing I'll say on it. Well, that's yeah, and I, no, and that's the thing. I, like, I, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what he does with the program, like, just like everyone is. But I, I'm 100% with everything you're saying. Obviously, as Michigan fans, it does kind of irk us a little bit. <laughs> Michigan State fans have every right to be super excited about having him. But you're 100% validated, I think, in what you're saying. Because when Jim Harbaugh came to Michigan, a lot of people, you know, now, seven years in, knowing he hasn't won a Big Ten championship like we all – kind of expected but coming into Michigan he had turned Stanford into a perennial power in the Pac-12 he had taken the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl multiple NFC championship games and then he was coming back to Michigan Michigan fans had every right and then in the second year like I said 2016 in the first college football playoff rankings they were number three in the country so like at that time of course that two years in Michigan fans had every right to be like ecstatic you had this coach who was regarded as maybe one of the best football coaches, you know, outside of Nick Saban, maybe like in the, maybe like Bill Belichick, but you know what I'm saying? He was looked at as like one of the best football coaches in the sport. Kind of like what you're saying, Jared, what has Mel Tucker really done? I mean, I'm saying he, he may yeah. be a very good football coach. He may accomplish, win some big 10 titles, maybe go to the sec and, you know, win some sec titles or something like that. But as of right now, basically his big footnote is he beat Michigan last week. Right. And that's like, that's what he's done. He got and then like he he got Kenneth Walker like he got that like diamond in the rough he got Kenneth Walker to transfer in otherwise it is kind of like what has he done he hasn't done anything so that is what's kind of annoying yeah and you know you brought up the fact that Harbaugh came in with big expectations and really when you look at uh, a couple breaks here and there including trouble with the snap. I mean, we'd be talking about a whole different outlook on Jim Harbaugh's career at Michigan, which if you look at his overall record, it's fantastic. The only thing is he's had a hard time winning the big games, you know, the two big games, really, when you think about it. Yeah, you can draw a lot of comparisons to how this Mel Tucker uh, era has begun to how it it began with with Michigan and Harbaugh. Same sort of, you know, off-the-field type stuff where Harbaugh, if you remember, he's doing like the teaching Jameis Winston, you know, in the offseason, like heading into the draft. All the quarterbacks came to Michigan to, to learn with him. And he was doing all the satellite camps, and he was taking the shirt off during practice where it almost became more news, like off-the-field than actually on. Uh, Mel Tucker's not to that same level. 
but it was sort of the same thing where we were sort of there was no substance to what Harbaugh was doing. We we would lose the big games, you know, we'd win kind of the lackluster games, and we sort of built them up without ever accomplishing. The, and I'm just I'm seeing the parallels between what Tucker is doing to what happened with Harbaugh, and I'm just I'm now I'm predicting that it's going to be the same sort of trajectory where it shoots off like a rocket at the very start, like it did for us in 2015, where they went from three and nine to what, like 10 wins in one year yep. to then it just plateaued right afterward. And I, I honestly do think that's what's going to happen to Michigan state. I just think they kind of really loved this guy right off the rip because the schedule aligned perfectly for them to face seven really bad teams. And then they, they ended up beating Michigan, which tip your cap. I mean, huge win. But I'm just I'm just not sold on this guy yet. Well, I will it say it has been a great start for Michigan State. I I, I can't poo poo that either. It's for, been a great start for them. Yeah, and you know we are fortunate, and we uh, we lean Michigan obviously, but we are fortunate to have Michigan and Michigan State for football rivalry reasons and for basketball rivalry reasons. I mean, it's just unbelievable that we live in such a great state. Well, Matt grew up here, but, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Michigan is just a great state with those two universities. And it's funny, you know, let's talk just a tad bit about basketball because unbelievable that the Champions Classic gets underway at Madison Square Garden. That's the title of it anyway. But I'm looking at the the Argus Press and the – the two big stories on the on the sports page, you know, they got a picture of uh, Hunter Dickinson at the top, and it says, big expectations with Dickinson back, number six, Michigan eyes national title. Okay, that's, 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 that's a true headline there, I think. But then you look at the Spartan story. Spartans, Izzo irked by no ranking heading into season. <laughs> Just two different mindsets, you know? If you don't think Michigan State's going to have a hell of a basketball season this year, I don't care what the preseason ranking is. There's been so many times that we thought Michigan State was going to have a down year, and next thing you know, they're in the Final Four. You you can't count that program out. Hell and no. It is funny how Izzo is irked by the ranking, especially considering that they were uh, they made the tournament. Uh, they gave UCLA, honestly, probably their toughest game of the tournament until they eventually lost. Um, I, I mean, it is kind of a little bit uh, you know questionable, considering they're one, they're, they're in the Champions Classic, like, why not give them a ranking just to boost that right off the rip? Because guess what? If they lose that game, you can immediately drop them right out of the rank. So I, I would agree with Izzo. I think they should be ranked. I think you saying that, like, just go ahead and give them a ranking just to put them, you know, for the Champions Classic, whatever. Who really cares? Make them number 18. Like, who really cares? The, the biggest thing to me is the preseason rankings really don't mean anything. Yeah, it, like Izzo's going to say um, he's irked. He's going to put it up on the bulletin board that, you know, Michigan State loves that disrespect card. You know, they're going to put a chip on the shoulder, all that kind of stuff. We all know preseason rankings don't mean anything. Michigan wasn't ranked in the preseason last year for basketball coming in. Obviously, they ended up having a great year. I think, like, the one thing is, yeah, I think Michigan State probably should have been ranked, but they did lose a lot from last last year's team. So, I mean, like, maybe that being not top 25, maybe for this Michigan State team is justified because there are a lot of questions. Now, like, when you look at their roster, they're super talented and they're probably going to end up contending in the Big Ten. But not being top 25 coming into the season, go ahead and say you're irked. But, I mean, you're – I don't know, man. Your national championship was 20 years ago. I I don't know. Well, the preseason ranking means nothing. Yeah. But are you guys at all excited that college basketball is getting ready to go, or are you still locked and loaded for football at this point? I mean, it it is a pretty good matchup. I know we've talked about it before, Michigan State and Kentucky, but, hey, it would be a good year to – 
Michigan State and Kansas, but it'd be a good year to have Michigan in that slot this year with what they have coming back, and then Duke and Kentucky the nightcap. But it's it's going to be fun. You know, we we laugh about it every year. The Champions Classic happens, uh, and Joe actually explained it to us like a year ago or so, where basically the reason Michigan State and these same teams are in it every year is because Michigan State's athletic director or former athletic director created this event. Yes. So that I'll say, like, why is there not a uh, like? Why do we not have some some sort of other Champions Classic Part Two? to compete with these guys. You know, if I'm the, you know, these other conferences, if I'm these other athletic directors, if I'm Michigan, if I'm Gonzaga, why am I not putting together some sort of Champions Classic contender? You know, whether it happens the day after the Champions Classic or the same night. I mean, I'm just thinking, man, it just seems like a un uh, it seems like a great opportunity, especially a year like this where Michigan State's not even ranked and the teams aren't even that great. Like, let's compete with these guys. Let's 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 win the viewership battle with the best teams in the country that have shown it the last five years. Well, I hate to say uh, it with Matt. I hate, there. I hate to say it with Matt on the phone. Maybe Fox ought to jump on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they they could. Maybe they could call it the actual Champions Classic and put <laughs> actually good teams in it. <laughs> no, but the way I view it, I view college basketball every year is I watch Champions Classic. You know, maybe I'll watch the first one or two games of Michigan. I'll watch the the tournaments over Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, and then I'll, I'll I'll catch up on college basketball as soon as college football season is over. Uh, but until that, I'm really not going to watch much of it. I, I'd hate to say it. You know, maybe I'm not the biggest sports fan, but it's just hard for me to get amped up for these kind of meaningless basketball games, knowing that all these teams get in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say this quickly. I'm I'm definitely not. I'm. I'm excited to watch Michigan, especially with all they're coming back with, like like the Argus says, you know, national title hopes. So I'm I'm gonna watch Michigan, but as far as like putting my like life on the line, if Michigan ends up losing one of these early games, obviously that is not happening because no. we we know basically every team in college basketball makes the tournament. But you know, I'll I'll watch I'll watch some games. I'm I'm probably not gonna watch the fake Champions Classic, but you know maybe I'll tune in a little <laughs> bit. But I, I'm definitely excited for some Michigan hoops. Have you uh, have have you looked at your schedule at all yet? Are you working some basketball coming up? Yeah, I mean we're, we're I mean I think in a week or two transitioning very quickly to like full on college basketball and NBA. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, college basketball is going to be filling the schedule for sure. Awesome. All right, sounds good, fellas. Well, we'll be right back with a little entertainment. Tell you what's going on in that right after this. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Kendall Drugs in Corona are there for you. They take special care of all patients because they could be your mother, father, sibling, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew standing at the counter. Centrally located in the heart of Shiawassee County, right across from the courthouse. No insurance? No problem. Come on in and talk with Patrick Kendall, and he'll be happy to work with you and is very competitive on prices with no gouging. Now taking new patients and prescription transfers. Stop in Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Kendall Drugs in Corona. Or give them a call at 989-720-4295. 
Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys, a uh, couple things uh, before. I know, Matt, you got a show you want to talk about a little bit, but there's there's one pet peeve I have. I guess I got spoiled with the whole Netflix way of doing business, but there are certain shows that I'm enjoying, and, and they're still sticking to you got to go back every week. Like Apple, I don't know why they do this, but the whole Ted Lasso thing, you couldn't stream it and binge watch. And I think I think all of America and all the world now – that's how you watch, you know, TV, right? If, if you got that opportunity. And there's shows like Dexter has returned. They came back for another season starting last night on Showtime. Well, I'm, tr- I'm debating, do I want to watch it now or do I want to wait till there's like three or four shows in the bank so I can, you know, kind of binge a little bit? What, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I think the obvious answer is they don't want people like Jared getting that free trial and just binging a whole show in one weekend or whatever. I, I would think that's probably the easy answer, right? Well, that's probably the answer, but then what about the services that offer, you know, the the full full series? I mean, they must be making some money themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say ideally, yeah, most people at this point are doing the whole binge thing, but I would just assume that's what it is. They're, they're trying to people trying to get people to commit for – two or three months instead of one weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. And if it's commercial TV, I guess I understand it. Uh, one of those networks is Paramount, and Yellowstone just debuted another season last night. I haven't seen it yet. I will be tuning in. And as, as I mentioned already, I'm, I'll be tuning in to Dexter in one, one way or another, whether I binge it or whether I give in and end up watching it episode by episode and there is a show on showtime i'm right watching right now it's pretty good uh it's got uh you know one of my favorite actors as you know jeff daniels it's called american rust uh it's a pretty interesting show it's a murder mystery type of thing he does a good job plays a cop that's addicted to drugs somewhat and uh it's it's a it's a good show on showtime um now what are you watching what are you watching nowadays I mean, that guy could shit in a CD case, and you'd probably love it. You're probably right. <laughs> I, mean, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm like that with certain guys, too. You know, Vince Vaughn or whatever. It's just Jeff Daniels is such a random guy <laughs> to feel that way about. He's a Michigan guy, and he is a highly, highly respected actor in Hollywood. What more do you need? <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, those, I'm going to throw my one show out for you guys uh, that. That you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen the the gifts about it, the costumes, uh, the tweets about it. Squid Games. Have either of you guys watched that show? I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Oh my, you guys are missing out. It, it's a mind effort uh, to, to put it a bit lightly. Basically, what it is is all these people are a lot of money in debt with basically no way out. You know, honestly, it's kind of like comparing to what society is like in some to some people or, or to some situations. Uh, and basically, they all go and compete. 
compete in these life or death like childhood games and you, they don't know who's putting it on they don't know anything about it it's all anonymous and very like spooky and you don't know what's going on they all go and compete there's like a hundred of them or no there's more than that. there's like 500 of them going for a grand prize of like a hundred million dollars uh and there's a little bit of humor in it to keep it kind of light but there's a lot of intensity a lot of you know kind of interesting thoughts on like what would i do in this situation uh what would people actually do if they were confronted with this situation would they act exactly how they act in the show uh it is like a korean show but it doesn't take you out of it you know it's it's just a very very good show that i 100 percent recommend is it is it a reality thing or is it uh like a fiction it's fiction, but, you know, it's, it's realistic fiction. It's not, you know, there's no aliens or anything like that in the show. Oh. It's entirely possible what they do. Okay. And what channel? Is it on Netflix? It's Netflix. Yep, straight on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm a little bit late to it. I did watch it a couple weeks ago. We just haven't had a entertainment schedule or a entertainment uh, to talk about it. But right. I'm telling you, it, it's worth the hype. It, there's a reason everyone's talking about it. There's a reason everyone dressed up as these little guys on Halloween. It, it, it's it's worth the, the publicity it's getting is what I'm saying. Yeah, I feel like most of the reviews that I've heard about it is kind of, kind of like what you said. Don't go into it thinking that it's just like a rom-com type of thing. You're just going to be chilling, watching a show. Like, it's a, a pretty wild, unique show. So definitely has to be on. And, and Yellowstone, too. My, my wife and I, we keep saying that we've we got to get to Yellowstone. Yes. Um, Partly because, I mean, I know you, you you love it, Ted, but everyone else seems to love it, too. I like Kevin Costner a lot, um, and it just seems like a really cool plot and everything. So got to get to Yellowstone. But the show that I was going to bring up, I'm, I'm curious. I highly doubt that, Ted, you, you've watched it. But I'm curious if Jared's watched it, especially, like, with your girlfriend, is the show You on Netflix. Seems like a lot of maybe younger people, and it's not necessarily a younger people show, but a lot of younger people are talking about it. Um, it's kind of... I think that the third season just dropped on Netflix, and we we yep. finished it. I, I like it. It is good. It's maybe maybe a little bit predictable at times, but you know, it's definitely like a cliffhanger type of show. It's one of those where, like, after one episode, you almost have to watch the next one. Like, it kind of keeps you keeps you going until the right. end of the season. And I think it, I think it does a good job of drawing you in. The acting is good. Um, maybe some of the stuff that happens is a little unrealistic or whatever. But uh, like you said, it's kind of like a murder mystery type thing. But Pretty cool show. So if anyone hasn't watched you and you got got some time, I, I think it's a good watch. It's a dumb show, but it's entertaining as hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. As soon as it dropped, pretty much binge season three. I love that show, and it's kind of what I realized I like about a lot of shows. You know, uh, Ozark, uh, Sopranos, you, they all kind of follow the same idea, which is essentially we have one super genius, uh, or like in Tony Soprano's case, just like, I guess, whatever it takes to figure something out where he, whatever predicament he gets into, he's always going to find a way out of it. And and that type of show with, you know, a good lead actor, which is Penn Badgley and you, James Gandolfini and Sopranos and Jason Bateman and Ozark, you give me those two things combined and it's, it's all you can ask for in a show. I mean, I love it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to get back into it. I did start watching you. Uh, that's the one where oh, the, okay. that's what, the one where the guy is uh, like works in a bookstore. Is that the one? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I think it just kind of slipped off my radar. I think I watched like the first five or six episodes of season one. I just haven't gotten back into it, but uh, but I'll do it again. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, and that, like like you said, Jared, the, the acting is actually good. I mean, even the secondary actors are pretty solid. The storyline, you know, it, it's interesting enough to keep you keep you into it. But I think kind of like what you said, the thing is, 
you always wonder, like, how is he going to get out of this? Like, the one thing I always, like, maybe overthink this stuff, like, outside of the box, maybe, if you want to say that. I, I keep telling my wife, like, they're going to keep doing the show. Like, I looked and saw that a season four was confirmed. So, like, when I was watching season three, I was like, if season four is already confirmed, he's going to get out of this. They can't kill the main, the lead actor. So, like, I, I think if it thinks like that way, maybe that kind of ruins it a little bit, you know, when you think of it like that. But um, that, that's what keeps you drawn in. You wonder, like, how is he going to get out of this one? So. I, I don't guess. know if this is a spoiler alert, but I just kind of flipped it on the other night since you bring it up. And uh, the guy, what's the guy's name, the main actor? Ben Badgley. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know why I watched this part of it. It just came on. Um, he had sex finally with that good-looking girl and lasted about five or six seconds. And that just <laughs> you, you remember that scene? <laughs> oh, you just happened to turn it on. Just huh? happened to. <laughs> I just happened to turn it on. Just like, just like a lot of kids in middle school just happened to land on those websites. Well, yeah. you know me, boys. Hey, by the way, uh, we're, we're speaking to entertainment, and, and uh, I came across something. I listen to satellite radio when I'm not listening to the castle, of course. And uh, my new favorite radio station on Sirius XM is Little Steven's Underground Garage. And it's, you know, we were talking about the Sopranos a little bit. Uh, Stephen Van Zant has this very eclectic channel with with some really good DJs giving backstories on songs you rarely, rarely ever have heard of. And Jared, you'll get a kick out of this. You know how you probably think I'm a little bit demented with all the the murder mysteries I like and you know date lines and all that. Well, Drew Carey. Uh, yeah, the Price is Right guy. He hosts a show called Friday Night Freakout, and he plays a lot of uh, just off-the-wall stuff. And I just happened to listen. I have it on my app, and I was mowing the lawn. I'm listening to his Friday Night Freakout uh, Halloween special. And there was a couple songs on there. i got to give you guys the title, and it's just going to crack you up. Uh, there's a group called, first of all, do you, have you ever heard of a group called Sun Kill Moon? Does that ring a bell? No. Okay. Well, the name of the song is called Richard Ramirez Died Today of Natural Causes. Uh, do you know who Richard Ramirez is? I feel like I've heard the name. He is, he is one of the all-time serial killers out there, the Zodiac Killer out in, out in California. And so here's a song about it. I think it was an ironic thing that the if you listen to the lyrics, you know, they're talking about Richard Ramirez dying today of natural causes, and then he's talking about all these other decent human beings that died but an interesting listen if you ever want to call it up on alexa and then uh, another crazy song it's by a group called des roar and it's called ted bundy was a ladies man <laughs> so <laughs> so that's the kind of entertainment you get on uh, drew carey's friday night Freakout. so i just had to throw that little radio plug in there since i, I took a note of it and just listened to it it's, i like it i like it a lot I used to laugh at you for your serious like obsessions, but ever since I got this new car, I've, I've had serious in my car for you know like the last three months or so. And I tell you what, I don't know if I can go back to life without it. it it's incredible. It's a life changer. And it's cheap, six dollars a month. I mean, and you get all this of uh, the live TV, the live sports. You know, you can listen to ESPN, whatever's on ESPN, like right through your car radio. I right. mean, I don't know if I'll ever go back. Yeah, and, and do it. Just check it out for a short period if you're on a ride or something. Little Steven's Underground Garage, and, and let me know what you think, all right? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, let's see. Was there anything else? I think that's probably enough on that. Uh, oh, you were talking about your car, and I was going to mention it in the close, and I probably will again, but, man, 
watch out for the deer right now, Jared. They are <laughs> they are running around like you wouldn't believe. On my short jaunt here to the radio station tonight, I bet I almost hit seven or eight deer at different spots. They're they're going crazy. Yeah, it, it is deer season. It's it's not a good time. You know, I've actually stopped taking country <laughs> country roads. You know, if you just stick to the main route, even if it's a little bit slower, it's it's just the way us Michigan Michiganders have to do it. Unlike Matt. Yep, and you got to keep that eye going back and forth to the side of the road, man. <laughs> yeah, fall in Michigan, that, that's just what it is. Yeah, you got to keep the eyes and the, the head on a swivel. There's actually like a decent amount, more than you would expect, deer around where I live. Not not very many, but once in a while. But the funny thing like is that I always think of when kind of like on along these lines, I was actually thinking the other day about this. I haven't used the brights on my car. Uh, I don't like five years I, since i moved here i don't think i've ever turned my brights on since i moved here and it's just like one of those things i'll think about like even like the deer like when you think about when you're driving around in the fall or really any time in michigan you got to keep your head on the, on a swivel for the deer and you know when you're out on those country roads you're using your bright lights all the time i don't ever have to use my brights down here because i'm in, in the city all the time oh yeah that is a big difference because I, I bet i bet i had my brights on almost all the way into the studio tonight <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's a true fact. All right, fellas, I think we've talked enough, do you think? Yeah, probably. All right. Yeah, Michigan State, I, think, I don't think there's any Michigan State fans left even supporting this podcast. <laughs> all, right, all right, we'll just move on and keep so doing We'll keep doing what we do, right? That's, that sounds like a plan. Hey, we, we always welcome uh, fans to come on the show. Like we have, we have Joey Jenka on to talk Michigan State. That's true. You want to join? Go ahead and join. Do you think being a recorded podcast, how many times the state fans that do listen to us wish they could pick up the phone and call us immediately? Uh, all of them. <laughs> oh, believe me, I hear, here's where they get the last laugh is I hear it every time Michigan State beats Michigan. Right. And it, Which is essentially every year, so they always have that last laugh. That's true. That's very true. But we may Michigan may have the last laugh this year if we can make it to the to the Big Ten championship game. There's still that definite chance. That would be huge. Hey, and again, uh, social media plug. They want to hate on us. They can always comment on Facebook, tweet at us at Three Point Pod. You can always give us your comments. Hundred percent. Again, that's at Three Point Pod on any of the social media sites, mostly Twitter and Facebook. But uh, I think we have the most fun on Twitter, don't we? Yeah, probably. Hundred percent. Okay. Sounds good. Well, hey, make sure also you let our partners know you listen in and enjoy the show. They include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Don't forget to tune in live on Z92.5 this coming Friday, November 12th for the Division uh, 5 Regional Championship as Corona travels to East China Stadium on the east side of the state to take on Un beaten marine city where are you going to be at uh, this weekend jared uh we're going to be at uh rochester adams and west bloomfield so it's going to be i mean it's two division one titans right there uh rochester adams beat them last year week one but i mean west west bloomfield is is loaded and they got a running back going to michigan state dale dylan tatum i mean He's the whole package, so it's going to be a great game. That's a Friday nighter? Yep, Friday nighter. Last Friday nighter of the season, then we move to Saturdays. 
Um, by the way, everybody, don't forget our veterans this week. It's Veterans Day coming up on Thursday, and uh, you know, give them a salute for everything they've done for our country. And as I mentioned, Jared, watch out for the deer. Everybody out there listening, watch out for the deer. <laughs> All right, until next time, for Jared Patel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Patel saying so long, everybody. We'll talk to you down the road. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.